0: What's up, my brothers and sisters? Welcome to the Fireground Fitness Podcast, where we talk about all things pertaining to life on and off the fireground. Today, we are doing a Fog Nozzle Friday. Myself and my brother, Aaron Quinn, uh, we uh, asked if you had any questions and you did not disappoint. Now we have several questions to tackle, and uh, that's all I have to say. Let's get into it. What's up, y'all? I'm here with my my brother, Aaron Quinn, and we are going to bring you guys a uh, Fog Nozzle Friday, a Fireground Fitness Ask Me Anything. Uh, We threw an all-call out there, and you guys shot us some questions. So uh, good afternoon, Aaron.
1: What's up? Good to be here.
0: I'm glad to have you, my friend. Um, So we've got uh, a couple of uh, questions, uh, the majority of which are very fitness-related, but they're all a little bit different. So Um, I think this is going to be great because it's going to pull some interesting, uh, interesting uh, uh, thoughts and ideas out of the out of the two of us. And um, and uh, like I said in my original post, uh, we know a lot about a little, or no, a little about a lot. (laughs) 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 Pretty much experts in everything. Like you know, so here you go. Um, so let me ask you the first question. Here we go. It's from uh, from uh, I'm gonna say I'm not sure how to say this exactly. It's it. me, ya girl. Uh, and her question is, when you're fit, do fire stop kicking your ass physically? And then she adds to that, I thought I was fit until I got my ass handed to me by a fire. It wasn't even a big or challenging fire. It was embarrassing. I'm strong, but I recently learned that I have little to no cardio endurance. I'm trying to develop my cardio and my endurance now. So the question <laughs> When you're fit, do fire stop kicking your ass? Uh,
1: that's a tough one. You know, I think in some respects, yes, they get easier. But uh, every once in a while, your car gets pulled. And for whatever reason, you just get your ass handed to you at a fire. It doesn't have to be. I think what this uh, what she's expressing is what every firefighter goes through, right? Like, you could be going along, everything's fine, and you know you get your card pulled, and you're tired or you're having slept much, or you haven't eaten much or dehydrated or whatever, and the fire kicks your ass. Uh, I think that's the nature of the beast.-hmm. Mm.
0: I, w- I would add, I had a good family friend uh, who was a firefighter in L.A. City when I was coming up as a kid. Uh, he told us, "Hey, man, being a firefighter uh, can be the easiest job in the world, And then 60 seconds later, it's the hardest job in the world. And I think that's, that speaks to what you're talking about. Like you, you just depends on what's going on on the fire ground, right? I think, so I think that to her question specifically, the, the more you train, uh, the, the more, uh, functional and, and I'll say like fire ground work hardening that you do, the more you can absorb that impact. So if you're training in your PPE, you're doing skills courses and things like that, you're developing the, the, uh, industrial athlete that you need to be to tackle the job.
1: But Absolutely, and I, yeah, and I also think too. Like, you, you know, I try to always evaluate. I did a fire, right? So, oh my god, my ass kicked. This is really hard for me. Train that more. Uh, it's kind of like it exposes your weaknesses, and over right. time, you kind of close those weaknesses down. Mm-hmm. It's kind mm-hmm. of the, of the overall goal.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what? Like, so she says it kicked her butt. So what exactly was it? Was it right. Was it wearing all your gear? And recognizing that your overall, like, strength and, and ability to – or your ability to maintain kind of that high level of uh, cardio uh, output with, while loaded under gear, like, that's a sort of very sport-specific uh, impact on our systems, right? Absolutely. So I think it's important uh, – I think that our girl here uh, – it's a girl. I think she needs to uh, kind of target her fitness toward uh, the job and kind of figure out what her individual – Uh, strength or weaknesses are and then target those in her training
1: yeah 100% and I think she, at the end of the question she references cardio and endurance and I'd really encourage her to focus on endurance I I think the mind frame of cardio is more like I'm going to get in the treadmill, I'm going to go for Mm. a run I'm going to get on the rower, these are all great but the idea of endurance is just the idea I'm going to keep working, Mm. I'm going to keep moving I'm going to keep working and that fire may take you know, depending on what you're going to. If it's a structure fire, you get a lot of overhaul, maybe two hours. If it's a wildland fire, you might be cut in line for eight hours. Mm. And so it's not necessarily this idea like I have to be going as hard as fast as humanly possible, but you need to just keep working. Yeah, and that's a different that's a different skill set.
0: Well, there's two there's different types of endurance, right? So there's the yeah there is the ability to. uh go for cardio for days right, and just have a a high level of aerobic endurance but there's also the strength endurance and the ability to maintain a level of output um, a a low grade grind and being able to move uh, load for time and for a long time I don't mean time as in like for speed but I mean for duration right
1: absolutely yeah I think there's something to be said for that too Yeah, great question. Yeah, really good question.
0: Okay, next one. Let me get my uh, my phone's giving me grief here, Stan. This next one
1: dovetails right into that first question so perfectly. Mm. So I'm I'm, I'm excited to dive into this next question. Yeah.
0: Okay. So you're talking about the uh, the CrossFit one? Yes. Okay. So first of all, um, okay, I gotta get this cat's name because I wanna hold on. Give me one sec. So let me find his name real quick, if I can. Okay, okay, this next, this next question comes from Ricardo Rojas, uh, Ricardo underscore the Lorax. He said, hey, man, big fan of the show. First of all, I want to say thank you very much for, for your kind words. Um, awesome. Yes, much appreciated. He said, so I was wondering, do you think that CrossFit is one of the best training modalities when it comes to fireground performance since it combines things like traditional strength training Weightlifting, cardio, high intensity interval training, etc. Would you? Re- and he continues on. He said, "Would you recommend CrossFit over any other type of training? What have y'all found works best when it comes to improving fireground performance?" Keep up the awesome work. Love the podcast. Boom. We're going to keep up the awesome work for sure. And um, for sure, and let's answer this question. What do you think?
1: Well, I I think the best way for me to start answering this question is just telling my personal journey with. Uh, with CrossFit itself. I, I got into CrossFit in 2004. Me and my buddy, buddy I, I got hired with in the apartment, went to our academy. He's like, this is a new thing called CrossFit. We should check it out. And we delved into it deep. I mean, we were like fully on board, following the WODs, you know, following the three-on-one-off schedule, doing all the workouts, all the names, all the friends, all the, all the everythings. Right. Were you, and pre- what I
0: know- were you preaching the gospel?
1: <laughs> 100%. I mean, I mean, I was like... You know, this is, you know, you know, this is the best, but I didn't preach it for very long at, at the time I, I got up to about 240, and I was an absolute animal for hmm. the first 15 minutes. Like like I could tear down walls for 15 minutes, but what I noticed on the fire ground and I'm lucky enough that we get enough fire where I work that we put the fitness to the test on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I was dismayed to find out that these old timers who never worked out Who'd, who'd sit around and drink coffee and smoke cigarettes all all day would outwork me and I'm exhausted and I can't figure out how I can't pick up this shovel and shovel another pile of of, of stuff out of this house while this old timer is just laughing at me with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And, and in that moment, what I realized is there's a failure to CrossFit. So it it, it sent me on a, on a whole journey to kind of discover and actually create a better system. But I think, the shortcomings of CrossFit, because uh, I obviously I think this, the, this gentleman can see the, the benefits of CrossFit, hmm. but the shortcomings of CrossFit that, that, that I see is that you only really ever train short, intense duration workouts. And I think the problem with that is 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 a, is a couple fold. The first part is your, your, your main abilities, your main output, it's only good for about 15 to 20 minutes tops, and then it kind of peters out. And most fires may only last that long, but the overhaul section and the work section is much longer. So you ha- you have to be able to keep working, and not right. have that drop. Um, another piece I think is, is problematic is that you only ever train to push to your maximum output. Now at first this, this, can, this, is, this can seem like a great idea, but the problem is that we know from a tactical situation, from, from decision makings on the fire ground, actually being at a really high heart rate tends to cloud our decision making. Mm. And, and we actually perform better, make better decisions when we're at a lower heart rate. Um and so always training our bodies to be in this go, 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 go state, we train our bodies, you know, from a mental standpoint and a physical standpoint, then we're faced with a challenge, the only way we know how to deal with it is going at a hundred and ten percent. Right. Um, and that can lead to problems in the fire ground. Mm. So those are those are in short you know I, I can go on I, I can probably write a paper about about my problems with crossFit but I'll stop there unless you jump in
0: well so I, I will jump in so here's so here's the thing about CrossFit <laughs> is um, to me multi there's there's some good things here the multimodal training to me I think really speaks to the needs that a firefighter has right you have to be strong yes, absolutely you have to be powerful you also have to have good a high level of metabolic conditioning. So and you spoke to this really which is interesting is this idea that um if you redline and and don't have the ability to recover from that, your ability to to process information, to think effectively and to communicate effectively diminishes. And so uh from a uh from a you know the idea of being a, a tactical or an industrial athlete, like your job isn't to be the best at performing physically. It's to be the most robust uh, person on the fire ground to be able to sustain operations. And that means strategically, tactically, and task level, right? Absolutely. So, so yes. I, to, to your point, you've got to be able to do all those different things. And so I, what I love about CrossFit is this idea that we are training across different domains, but I feel like the programming in general for a, a line firefighter that's a wor- that's working um, doesn't necessarily take into consideration. Uh, in consideration, the individual need. So it's not specific to me as an athlete uh, and my strengths and weaknesses are different than yours. And so any, uh, real holistic program is targeting what my needs are, uh, whether I need to work on my strength or I need to work on my endurance, my muscular strength, endurance, or, or whatever component of my athleticism I need to develop, um, target is, uh, uh, CrossFit rather is so, uh, general, that it it, it kind of lumps us all into one, and and doesn't take into consideration that the specific needs of the individual athlete. So that's you know that's my responsibility as an athlete to figure out what my needs are and address it right. Um, and then the last thing about that is the programming. Uh, I, I believe that programming is really important when you talk about rest and building in cycles of rest for the individual athlete. And we work crazy schedules where sleep is not uh, always. Uh, uh, not always available to us and so right. it can hamper our recovery cycles and to me that can be at the end of the day it diminishes your your health um, because you're not thinking about your recovery in the terms of your the total health package of your of your programming
1: absolutely you know and i, I add a few other things i think if you go back to some of the very early crossfit journals when they first started and coach glaston who started crossfit it was kind of talking about the whole theory and idea behind crossfit it was originally started as a supplement to whatever other sport you were doing mm. and the i and the idea was hey if you're an mma fighter if you're a jiu-jitsu if you're kickboxing if you're a military if you're a bike rider if you're a rower runner you know to be well-rounded you you, you got to be doing these, this generalized fitness program yes right and it should, and the reason why it was designed to be very short intense workouts was because the idea was you'd hit your CrossFit workout, and that would be like your gym time, and then you would go out and do whatever sport you're doing. So that was your specificity, right? Mm-hmm. And so it it was designed to balance and offset the losses that that you that, that you were missing from your sport, and magnify the things you need to magnify in your sport. It was never meant to be a standalone thing. I think as it's evolved through the years, and now it's a sport and it makes it makes big money. Uh, it, it, it has become its own thin yeah right and i think yeah. i think that that's an important thing to understand is that the philosophy and idea behind crossfit is still very valid and very i think good um you know but i think getting back to the main philosophy of crossfit and not necessarily what it is today mm-hmm. is huge also i will say you have to train twisting motions we've seen in the fire service we've seen athletics all the time crossfit is almost void of any kind of uh east west twisting motions mm-hmm. uh, which is which is hugely important for us as firefighters
0: yep you know how many times have you been on an unstable uh platform and having to move objects yeah right like moving yourself or moving an object and having to turn while you're standing on something slippery or unstable you know garbage in someone's house, for example um you know like that's a that's a real problem and a real circumstance
1: you find yourself in so it takes me back i mean how many times has your bottle been shifting on your back while you're trying to yeah. pull hose or chop yeah. on a roof and, and like yeah. this weight's like side to side to side to side and you're like oh my god this is- yeah exactly. but, that, but you don't get that in in any kind of gym setting yep um so yeah definitely i think crossfit is is good um but uh there's also some things that i would venture to say to do, do better and that's the kind of the second part of the question is what would i also you know what i, what I recommend Anyone who knows me already knows what I'm going to say. You probably don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> get to the mats, you know, yeah. train jiu-jitsu or maybe Muay Thai, but any kind of contact sport was where, where, where you have to train tired and learn to be precise with your movements and you go for, you know, 45 minutes plus two-hour classes, that is going to get you ready for the fire ground. Not to mention the heat stress that also comes along with training
0: yeah. with the geek. And not to mention the discomfort, right? Learning to be uncomfortable oh, or comfortable yes. in uncomfortable situations, right? And body positions and things like that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of value in that. You know, a good a good friend of mine uh, who was, was showing me the benefit of like using uh, like a hip bump when you're like you, you get knocked down on the fire ground and maybe, a, maybe an odd object falls on top of you. Well, can you create space for yourself? You know, maybe, that's, you know, that's, using, maybe a hip, you can. yeah, maybe using yep. a hip bridge or whatever, but like if you never had hip, trained, hip that, escape. yeah, 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 exactly. So there's a lot of, I think this, that we kind of goes right back to kind of the, the, the sport specificity aspect. Are you training for the, the, the game that you're trying to play? Um, and, you know, you know, I, I hate to call it a game, but well, you know, there's a, there's a lot of sport specificity to the work that we're doing and you have to target that specifically. So that, that that takes me to this next question. And, um, yes. and we're going to one last fitness question here. And um, this is from uh, Jim Gosnell, great guy, actually known personally. And uh, thanks, Jim, for, for shooting this question in. So, and Jim, uh, 54 years old, specimen, looks fantastic. And you'll, you'll listen to his question. He says, where do you see the line between cardio and weight training? Is there a balance according to our jobs that may have – Sorry, that you may have recognized. I'm a smaller guy, 5'8", 165 pounds. I selfishly spend more time on weight training. Seems like I feel better if weight training. However, I know I need, and he says in capital letters, that extra cardio. I know it and I feel it at at 54 years old. Laugh out loud. How can I balance the two so as not to lose any weight and or strength?
1: Wow. Well, first of all, you know, I think... uh, 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 at our, in our fifties, keeping keeping strength is is probably should be our one of our number one focuses. A lot of studies show that our strength decreases dramatically, you know, starting in our thirties, but accelerates in our fifties. And one of the things of longevity and injury prevention is keeping that strength up. So that, mm-hmm. so absolutely, you know, you should be going towards that uh, in, in your fifties. Uh, as far as that balance between cardio and strength. Uh I think it's a um it's individualized, but at the same time, if you walk around your firehouse and you can perform all the tasks that are asked of you strength wise then I would say you have enough strength so for me like if I walk in the firehouse and I, say, hey, I can I can pick up this generator, I can carry this generator you know hundred feet i I can carry this generator in one hand and the jaws in the other hand and make it to the car right. We, uh, we carry 40-foot wood ladders. So I can, I, I can still throw a 40-foot wood with two people. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to, but I can't, <laughs> right? Um, so, you know, I think that's how I judge my strength. Now, as far as that balance between the two, I think we, hit, we kind of hinted towards this in the first question. Mm-hmm. Me and my friend call this the idea of strength density. And that's kind of like this this space between maximal strength, not quite maximal strength, but also not straight cardio. Mm-hmm. Like, can we deadlift uh, 135 you know 40 times 50 times 100 times can we do 185 you know uh, deadlift you know can we squat 50 pounds you know endlessly you know can we put a pack on and go you know ruck, you know 45 pounds you, you, know, these, you know these are things that are that build strength against load but are more in the realm of 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 kind of endurance training with a hint of cardio uh, the, only thing I, the only thing I would add that I think is hugely important for this cardio's piece that a lot of people forget about is you, we, we need to train under heat stress. Now, whether you're doing the jitsu and the gi, or I know people that follow me, see, I, I, I preach about a sweatsuit all the time. Um, you need to be under heat stress. Our jobs under heat stress. Our turnouts are hot. We're in hot environments. And if you're always doing your cardio or you're working out in a gym that's air-conditioned, air you're, you're going to fail because that's not, that's not where, we, where we perform our, our, our sport, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, so you need to do some training in those harsh environments.
0: Right. There's, there's a whole metabolic conditioning component here. Um, when you do the heat stress work, your body is acclimating to that environment, and the stress it puts on your cardiovascular system accommodates that and learns to work more effectively and more efficiently under that load right the heat, the heat load and the stress load that comes with it. So if you want to be more effective uh, working in your turnouts, you got to go out in the heat and work in your turnouts.
1: You have to be and it's Interesting. Go ahead. There are studies that that that, that actually show that um, people who sweat more, they lose less electrolytes in their sweat. Their body actually becomes more efficient at withholding yes. electrolyte and keeping electrolyte balance which is a whole, whole other side of right. you having gone down, but a whole other side of fitness and metabolic condition. Right.
0: Yeah, every summer in Phoenix, right, where it's hotter than Hades, hottest place on the planet apparently, it, uh, I'm not sure if that's actually a real record or not or if I just made that up, but it sure feels like it's the hottest place on the planet. We have folks who I do – I believe it. <laughs> we have folks who are doing <laughs> landscaping and, and working on roofs and all summer long. Well, they, they become acclimated to that load right and and their body becomes more efficient, uh, their endocrine system, et cetera, becomes more efficient at processing the electrolytes and the sweat and keeping the system cool and maintaining efficient balances in the system and yeah, absolutely so you know so th- so that's a really important piece of this, and speaking to I love what you said about you know having the appropriate amount of strength and not not uh, worrying about that too much because once you, you have to have some measurables and maintaining assessment of yourself, right? Like what is strong enough? Well, for everybody it's different. Um, and I think that as an individual, you have to kind of assess what your needs are and, um, you know, Jim being a smaller guy, right? He's, he's considering like, Hey, how strong do I need to be? And so you have to kind of assess that for yourself, right? Because we all come to this job with different, uh, Dimensions, if you will, like you're super tall, and uh, you know, and you have a different type of leverage point than than Jim might, and so he's going to use strength in a different way. That being said, absolutely, the, the cardiovascular component of this is kind of similar. Now, his in the sense that you need to kind of figure out where you're at and how much cardio do you need to do to target that. So, to, to his specific question, which is, how do you do cardio? This is what I read in it: How do you do cardio and maintain mass? And I think that you know my history with endurance athletics. A you know, long, slow cardio, um, if you don't strength train, eats up muscle mass because the body is yeah. seeking efficiency. So it will, it's going to say, "Hey, we don't need that muscle mass. We're going to carve it out." But I can tell you, um, so running endurance events over the years, my fastest ultra-distance runs were when I was my strongest, which makes a whole lot of, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's challenging to the brain to understand that. But I was doing a blend of strength training and, um, moderate distance, faster paced runs. And I was super strong and, you know, relatively speaking, uh, for me and, and could run all day and I was commingling high intensity interval training, moderate distance runs and, and a strength program. So that's the, that's the formula I used, but you got to tinker with it.
1: I think that's the key is like, you got to kind of, it's an art, right? You got, you got to play with it. Yeah. And that's why I think like I I talk about having some kind of strength measurables, right? You say, okay, this is, this is strong enough for me for this job, you know? And then, so, so then now you need to play with cardio and then you feel like you're losing that strength a little bit and you go back to the strength. I Mm -hmm. think that's, that's the art of it. It's playing, it's playing this balance between, between that, but you need to have some personable measurables that will help you get that place. And then the other side of it too, is nutrition. It's not just what you do in the gym. It's also Mm -hmm. what you eat, how you eat, when you eat and making sure that you're getting enough protein, enough branching amino acids, uh, to keep, to keep your body building the muscle mass. And also
0: too, that's a very good
1: point. uh, You know, whether you're going to dive down the keto, uh, kind of paleo path, or you're going to eat a more traditional diet, um, you need to be having enough fuel that your body's not using the protein for fuel. And that's the thing that people, people don't often understand is that our body is going to make energy first. And if all you give it is, is excess in protein, it's going to start converting protein into energy. And, and it's going to learn that when you intake protein, the first place it needs to go is the energy. And that's why either having your fat and your keto paleo kind of mind frame, either having your fat be your energy source or have carbohydrates be your energy source so your body learns that protein is for building muscle mass and repairing muscle mass. And, and making sure you're getting enough of those, 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 those other macros that that becomes your energy source and not the protein. It's hugely important.
0: Yep. I love it. Yep. That, and that's a, that's a really difficult part of the equation, right? And I think that's hard. when you're talking about, um, you talk about, you know, the individual, the, the kind of the art form here, each of us is an experiment of one. Because it, 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 we are all metabolically a little bit different, even though we're kind of all basically the same. But there's lots of little nuances in our individual lifestyles and our habits and our our training regimes, et cetera. So you got to tinker with your diet and be willing to pay attention to what what your body needs and then how it responds to different things and then adjust. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know. so I'm sorry. We're you gonna say what we're gonna add.
1: No, no, I think I, I, it's great. I mean, and I think. When you look at the diet, then you look at diet get diet tightened down and then start looking at shakes and supplements and all that, that, that whole side of nutrition. But nutrition is a huge piece, especially as we age, um, what we eat and how we eat plays a larger role in, in our fitness than it did when we were younger in our twenties.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. That was a the, the perfect segue. So Billy Burnett, <laughs> Billy Burnett asked, what is actually in a bang? And he's talking. I
1: love this question. <laughs>
0: well, it pisses me off I, first of all because there's nothing but love and deliciousness in a bang. Um and Billy can just suck rocks. I uh <laughs>
1: I uh I I, I saw this and, and I laughed because uh the medic at the medics' star station, they have their own refrigerator in their room. That's what I'm banks, talking about. <laughs> and they smash these things like no one's business. Oh. Uh and so when I thought this question, am like, "This is great!" And I actually did some research to try to figure out what um, actually is in it. Okay. Like, what is just some just some real quick kind of like down and dirty research on what actually is in a bank? Okay. Can I just be clear? Um, this
0: makes me really yeah. uncomfortable because I don't actually want to know.
1: <laughs> because for <laughs> me,
0: I'm telling you, it just for me, it's just deliciousness. It can be freaking unicorns and rainbow dust for all I care. I just love it. Um. So okay, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna ruin it for me. Go ahead.
1: I'm not going to ruin it too much. Um, so, the, so you know, right off the bat, it's got 300 uh, milligrams of caffeine, which is about two, about three cups of coffee. Uh, that's a lot of caffeine that to be intake at one time.
0: Most of my addiction to
1: it. <laughs> yeah. Um, about the daily recommendation for caffeine is about 400 milligrams. So we're so you're you're right up against that level of like being like. This might be enough enough caffeine for the entire day for you. Yeah. Um, so that's again, my, and I, I never drank one. Um I've tried some other pre-workouts. I thought my heart was gonna explode, so I'm I'm kind of anti pre-workout, but I can talk about that later. Um <laughs> I will say that I when I see people drink them, they drink them pretty quickly. They pound them pretty in a pretty a rapid pace, much yeah. faster than you drink a cup of coffee. So you're yeah. getting a lot of caffeine real quick. Uh creatine. Creatine's the next thing that's big in it. Now, they have their own, the best I can tell, they call it super creatine, and this is kind of their own thing. I haven't been able to find super creatine anywhere else, which leads me to believe this is kind of their either marketing or mm-hmm. their own kind of blend. It's, it's creatine and L-leucine. I'm probably saying that saying is wrong. That's a branching amino acid. So they combine these two. What they say about it is that it makes the creatine more water-soluble, and mm-hmm. allows it to transfer through the blood brain barrier and become more of a cognitive enhancer. Uh, I do know that creatine does have some pretty significant cognitive enhancing abilities. In addition to what it does for our ATP system. Uh, I have never heard of the fact that, it, that we need, uh, branching amino acids to make it more bio uh, bio readily available for our brains. Mm. That's an interesting idea. Uh, they say it works. Um, don't know, you can't find out how much creatine is actually in a vein, which which worries me, yeah uh, right, only exactly, be, yeah, so our bodies can only uptake between two to three grams of creatine at any one time. It depends obviously on biology, how much muscle mass you have, what you're doing, blah, blah, blah blah, how much you've trained. But in general, we're somewhere between two to three grams of creatine at any one moment, and usually, We want to be around five milligrams of creatine a day, Um, and the old adage of having to cycle creatine—that's kind of out the window. Uh, Most people understand that if nowadays they recommend if you take about five grams of creatine split up throughout the day, that your body can handle that uh, and and you'll be fine, healthy, and won't have any adverse side effects. Um, Now, if you're looking at, you know, if it has more than five grams of creatine. Or it has a lot more than five grams of creatine, this can start to be a problem. Uh and there's anything, you know, with creatine and, and bodies, we're looking at hydration mm. uh because our water needs to go up. We're looking at stresses on our kidneys, stresses on our liver. Um so again, without knowing how much is in it, that raises a red flag to me. Yeah. Then we start going down into the into the less the less sexy uh uh stuff. We have this Sucralose. I'm probably butchering all these names. Uh, and this is a a sweetener that's 600 times sweeter than sugar. Uh, so it's pretty, pretty potent sweetener, but it doesn't have really the same effects as sugar. So so, so we're not getting the calories that you would get from sugar. Anytime you have artificial sweeteners, Mm. my, my concern is what happens is your body actually feels like it's getting sugar. they've shown the studies that are the artificial sweeteners leaves your body actually craving the sugar because your body starts to release insulin in in anticipation of the sugar. But when it's not there, then your blood sugar actually drops even further. You have all this insulin in your bloodstream, but there's no sugar there. Your body's like, Hey, where'd the sugar go? And it's not there. Um, So those can, those can be problematic uh, for blood sugar levels, which, you know, if you're looking at longevity studies or if you're looking at kind of just performance in general, uh, generally a balanced, more stable blood sugar is what we kind of want. Again, it affects, affects everybody differently. That would be a little bit of a red flag. Uh, there's other, uh, again, sweeteners, more sweeteners in there. Uh, the last thing that I kind of saw this stuff got to me was a sodium benzolate, and that's a food preservative. Um, it's in a lot of canned things anyway, but just depending on how hippie you want to be as far as, uh, health and nutrition, Food preservatives are probably not great to be intaking mm. overall i would say probably is not the worst thing that you can that that, that you can drink um um uh, if you look at the upside of what's in a bang they have uh, beta-al uh alanine which is huge in combination with creatine they have very synergistic effects and huge bumps in performance those two are in there you have caffeine uh, and you have branching amino acids I mean that's the basis of any kind of real good uh, pre workout drink is you give them your 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 muscles fuel, you give them creatine the beta, the beta alanine that's a lactic acid buffer that works with creatine that boosts the effectiveness of it, so that's a good thing. Caffeine gives you a little more bump so I mean they have some good things in it i can 't say if it's good or bad. I think that people have to kind of take that, take that on their own
0: mm. well. You you ruined it for me, man. Billy, Billy and I are going to have to have a talk because, uh, I, here's the deal. You, uh, thank you for doing that research because I, I was really, I was ready to blow this question completely off and be like, Billy, you can just pack sand. Um, <laughs> but, but I, I will tell you it is so, it is really important that we. That we are thoughtful about what we ingest in our systems, and you know, to be clear, I pay very close attention to what I eat ninety nine percent of the time. So then, when I when I do have a craving and I pound a bang or whatever, what am I really doing to my system? Am I being thoughtful about what I put in my body? Eh, not really, right? I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of being uh, uh, contrarian to, to what I you know propose th- that I believe, right? So anyway, thank you for that. And, but uh, but I, at I, the
1: same time. <laughs> If it's a if it's a every once in a while a treat, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. If it's an every day, twice a day thing, yeah, well, you might look, you, you might want to look at it, right?
0: No, you're right. Moderation in in all things, right? And I think that. And I would just go
1: ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I would just say in general, kind of more of like a a general sense. I think the pre workout craze is something that people need to look at look at, it, especially in the job of firefighting. And you, yeah. and you you have it from a from a recovery stance, and also you have it from a from a um performance stance. Mm-hmm. If every time you go to the gym, you're banging pre-workout to, to have a, to have a, 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 sash a, good, a good workout. Sash. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to have that in the fire ground. Oh shit. the Tones went off. Hold on. Let me <laughs> go grab a bang right quick. Uh, so, so I come out here and, cr- and cr- crush this fire. Right. Right. So in some respects, like you don't, you're not training for, for your reality. Mm. In other respects, uh, I think from the recovery standpoint, because we are so depleted and we have lack of sleep and stress and all these other things that that, that accumulate, you have to really stop and ask yourself, if I need to drink this pre-workout to go, to go do any kind of workout, to run, to lift or anything like that, do I really need to be doing that workout right now? Mm. Or do I need to be doing something else that's more restorative or Mm. maybe a little less intense? Um, you know, if I, if I get off work and I I need to bang, you know, this this drink, drink this bang or go have this pre-workout drink this, I can get through my day. Should I be taking a nap? Now, sometimes that answer is, I don't have the opportunity. I got to get this done. I got to keep going. I got I to keep moving. Then, yes, make that choice with a conscious mind and say, that I'm doing this because I, I don't have the opportunity to rest. But I think the question needs to be there uh, for us. and uh, Do we need to be pushing this hard? Do we need to take it easy? Is that what my body's telling me? I think mean, that's more of a spiritual kind of more of a holistic approach mm-hmm. uh, to, to pre, pre-workout drinks, but I think it's, it, 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 it needs to be said.
0: Well, and, and I think you're hitting on uh, what I think is a good uh, kind of encapsulates what we've talked about here today in total in total which is you have to be listening to your body and you have to be taking into consideration the big picture right what are your needs from a strength and conditioning perspective from a cardiovascular presi- perspective what are your needs when it comes to your your diet and your nutrition and your rest right that's it, you have to take yes. into consideration all those things and and and, and you Know the wheel that your life is has to be in balance, and you're tuning all those spokes up so that your wheel is nice and true and runs smooth. Um, so now nah, that's great, man. I appreciate you, I appreciate you offering that insight, and um, I will reflect on that and reconsider my bang usage.
1: No, man, it's bang on, it's bang on,
0: man. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm gonna be we we'll talked about being yeah. an experiment of one. I'll, I will return and report. Uh, hey, so, um, so. That was all the questions we had, but I had a question for you. So we're releasing we're gonna release yeah. this tomorrow and, and uh the anniversary of nine eleven, the twentieth anniversary of nine eleven is right on us and and I wanted to get, you know, kind of your feelings on it as you've you know, as it's approaching and you've been reflecting on that and, and what your thoughts were and I wanted to hear your perspective.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh when I saw this question, uh the last question, it, it, it definitely took me aback and, I, and and you know, of course I've been thinking about it, and every every firefighter has. Um, I was literally just starting my interview process for the test. I just passed the written, and the interviews were scheduled the week of nine eleven, and uh, we had just started our interviews when nine eleven happened. And so I kind of got hired in the sh- in, in right the, the shadow of nine eleven, and kind of all that change that happened in the fire service, and then kind of kind of kind of grew up with that, you know. And so reflecting on, it, I think, is very much reflecting on my entire career uh what I will say is is that you know it's, it's it's it still hurts as a firefighter it's still a tragedy um but in the same respect, I think any one of us would do the same thing that every single one of those firefighters who died did mm-hmm. you know I can think about ghost ship fire and the effect they had that that they had it on our department, and I will tell you that there are a number of guys who have families who have literally said, I would have given my life to save one person out of that fire. Mm. And, and and that's the kind of people we are. So I, I think about you 911. Know, I think what's what's forgotten in that is that these are guys and gals who have families who have kids who saw the the, the towers and had an idea. This does not look good. You know, this is not great. And they willingly chose to keep going up there to just maybe save one, one extra person. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's who we are. And I think that's a piece that's lost. And I think that's a piece that people need remember, uh, when that time comes, you know, that might be you. And you, you might have to make that choice.
0: Yeah. I, I, uh, I appreciate you saying that because the, the thing that occurs to me is that you know the the foundation of what we are doing as professional firefighters is about serving the community and I had the uh, I was on the job when nine eleven happened I was, I was pretty young on the job and had a young family and um, you know the day the event took place, uh, my wife was on a bike ride that morning and I was getting ready to go to work and she came home tears streaming down her face and she tells you know she's telling me what's happening and and all I could think was I got to go to work. Like I got to go now. And this sense of duty overwhelmed me. And, you know, years later I went to the 9 the 11 Memorial and there's some footage that they show of the folks that were the, the victims that were trapped that jumped to their death. And there's one in particular that stood out to me was this, this lady, uh, you can tell it's a lady because you can see her dress blowing in the wind and she's a hundred stories up and you can see her hair and you see her gather her dress um in a, in an attempt at modesty before she jumps to her death and to me it just wraps the the humanity of these events um and the, the complete and utter totality of destruction and, and to lives and and people and communities etc that were destroyed in this event and you know, we, we come on this job so that we can intervene. And so what occurs to me is, you know, for the last 20 years um, is I come to work to, and I prepare and I train and I develop my, my knowledge, skills and abilities so that I can make a change in someone's life in some way, shape or form, whether that be physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever, but I have to be prepared to be a vessel of change on these events, right? These emergency events that take place. And um so so why do we, you know, we talk about we talked a lot about fitness today. Why do we do that? So that we can be prepared when duty calls. So absolutely. Hey man, I hear you. The Fog Nozzle Friday, brother. Thank you.
1: That was a good one. Thank you. I can't wait for the next one.
0: Yeah. Let's do it again soon, my friend. For sure man. That's all we have for today. Thanks for tuning in. If you're enjoying this podcast, get over to whatever platform you'd like to listen on. Subscribe. This podcast will drop in the middle of the night when you least expect it. Additionally, get on over to Apple Podcasts, rate and review the podcast. Feel free to shoot me an email. Uh, any feedback that you provide is valuable for me in helping us build this product to be more uh, in tune with what you want to hear. Lastly, Take the lessons that you're learning here from the people that are sharing their knowledge, imbue it into your life. Remember, there are no shortcuts. So let's go on out there and get some.